All right, welcome to the Healthcare Business Resources Podcast. This is Healthcare Business Leaders. Today, I'm with Kim Parrish. Kimberly is a co-founder of Innovo Advisors, has 25 years of leading nationally recognized EHR implementations, enterprise-wide revenue cycle improvement initiatives, and other strategic programs. Kim provides day-to-day leadership for the firm, Innovo Advisors, and supports their business development activities and strategic clients. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you. So really curious to hear your perspective on how things are changing in light of coming out of the COVID health crisis and financial crisis, and then possibly going back into a resurgence of this. What are your sort of broad thoughts in terms of how the healthcare market is behaving and reacting and is, I guess, expected to react? You know, I think it's interesting that it's taken so long to get telehealth and e-health services recognized by payers and, and compensated. And this pandemic has really pushed both government payers and commercial payers to consider telehealth and other kinds of e-health services in a way that they haven't before from a reimbursement perspective. And what I'm seeing, although I think it's really, really early to make a final projection about how this is going to happen, but what I'm seeing is a trend towards more and more and more of remote kinds of health services. I know even my own mother who has uh, Parkinson's disease is doing her regular Parkinson's visits now electronically. And so I think from a healthcare delivery perspective, I suspect that we're going to continue to see that kind of a movement, especially until there's a vaccine and treatments and people feel somewhat more comfortable. But I I think that it is going to be a way to have really high-end health services in rural and underserved areas. And I feel like it's a real step forward in an area that a lot of us have been thinking about for a long time, but the payer market hasn't been moving that quickly. On the employee side, I think the move towards more and more remote workers, I mostly work in revenue cycle. So the the move to more and more remote workers and revenue cycle will also continue because the space constraints that most health systems and healthcare organizations have are a real problem. And brick and mortar solutions are very expensive. And I think that the industry is finding out that activities that we thought couldn't be done well remotely are going along just fine in a remote environment. And so I suspect, and I already see, that there'll be a a surge of new technology to help manage remote workforces and people are going to be working more from home than they ever had in the past and that some organizations may continue to pursue that as a strategy to uh, manage costs, manage turnover, and manage productivity. So does this mean that this is really just an acceleration of trends that were kind of already underway? I mean, telehealth was slow, but surely making progress. Distance workforce, remote workforce was already slow, but making progress. Is this just an acceleration of consolidation? To a degree, I think so. You know, there's nothing like a burning platform or a forcing factor to push change forward. Healthcare systems or healthcare in general is very slow to adopt change, even with evidence-based care. On average, it's written in the literature that it takes 17 years for 
healthcare to adopt practices that have evidence that they're effective and produce good outcomes. So we're a known slow adopting industry. And I think that the pandemic is a forcing function to move us forward uh, in a way that other industries have already done. Interesting. So what are the negative outcomes of this, these particular trends, work, remote workforce, remote telehealth? Well, it's clearly there is inconsistent, we'll say, access to technology in rural areas and underserved areas, uh, Wi-Fi, internet, computers actually being available is not necessarily there for everyone. So I think especially from a telehealth perspective, that is going to be a limiting factor and one that we'll have to think hard about how do we overcome as organizations trying to push in those directions. However, I think if you think about smaller rural hospitals who have struggled to have the high-end specialist services, cardiology, rheumatology, dermatology, those kinds of things, just because it doesn't pay really for the, the travel time and the physicians to be out there, it becomes a lifestyle issue. To be able to actually offer these higher-end services in those places is going to motivate in some way healthcare providers, whether that's a system or standalone providers, to be able to help provide that kind of access to their patients in order to deliver the kind of care that's required and keep the healthcare dollar in the community. So I think there's a good and a bad about some of that. On the employee side, I work with an organization, it's a small healthcare nonprofit, and their focus is placing individuals who don't have healthcare into some kind of a program. So generally, the the population doesn't qualify for medical assistance. A lot of undocumented immigrants, people like that, who need healthcare services and have to access healthcare services, but they don't qualify for a lot of programs. And this organization helps them to find a payer source. They've had to send their whole workforce home. And what has happened is the no-show rate for the people who are seeking eligibility in some sort of programs has dropped to almost zero. So everyone is showing up for their appointments and going through the application process. The downside of that is that it's a much less efficient process in a remote sort of environment can't hand a piece of paper across the desk and have somebody sign the application. And so while more people are actually showing up and accessing the services, the time it takes to get from no program, no coverage to finding a program and having coverage for someone is has been substantially elongated. So there's positives and negatives to all of it. But in general, the organization feels the fact that they're able to reach and serve more people, even if it is a bit slower, is a positive thing. So you can see pluses and minuses. And I, I don't think that, that remote will be the total solution for either delivery of services or for the workforce, but I think it's going to open up some additional doors. Excellent. So what about the revenue cycle? What are you seeing? What changes are you seeing on that side when it comes to every aspect of the revenue cycle? Well, I'm sure that you, being in healthcare, as you have been, are aware that we've been doing coding services remotely for a long time and that it's been years for some organizations since the coding workforce has actually been resident within a provider organization. Most people are home and most people are remote. In, say, a billing department, for example, that's been a much 
slower transition. So I was interim vice president of revenue cycle for, for a safety net hospital about four years ago. And we were in the process of trying to send our billers home. And there was some resistance to that. There was resistance on the part of the billers themselves because they lose the social connection and the camaraderie that you have when you come to a place every day. There was some union concerns. There were management concerns. Concerns Now, organizations were forced to do that. And in the clients that we're supporting, we're seeing really positive results. And I suspect that it's going to be fairly difficult to get some people to even want to come back in the office. Now, this has been a pandemic double-edged sword because of all the the loss of the outpatient and the elective business in the hospitals, volume is way down. And so it hasn't really been a true test of can we handle the capacity of a true revenue cycle in a fully functioning, high occupancy organization in a remote way, or can we not? I think the jury is still out on that. But from the standpoint of what we've been able to accomplish at home from a billing follow-up um, processing perspective, we're pretty impressed with the productivity and the quality of the work that's coming out. And I see this as a, as a real move forward for organizations, especially organizations that have difficulty recruiting the kind of talent they need, the kind of experience they need inside of Revenue Cycle to do the necessary work. Great. So you guys do a lot of IT project strategy implementation. Can you talk a little bit about what's happening with regard to that? How are these factors of moving people remotely through the revenue cycle impacting the IT implementation? Well, on our IT projects, there have been, a, as you know, many organizations have really slowed down. They've stopped projects that they can stop. They're not signing new contracts at the moment, which is kind of scary for a, an organization where that's the work that we do and that is our business. So on the consulting side around IT implementation, we've had the ability to work remotely for a long time. And many of our consultants will do a week on site and a week remotely because most organizations now have the technology tools for the consultants and for their employees to be able to, through Citrix or other kinds of applications, remote into the organization systems and be able to continue to do build work, if you will, be able to continue to move a project forward in a virtual environment. And so from that perspective, our consultants and our projects continue on, and it hasn't been a particular challenge. Now, from the standpoint of sending a whole workforce home that has not traditionally worked from home, there are some significant challenges around how to get those people out, how to get them set up. Do we have the bandwidth to have relatively vast numbers of our employees dialing in from home? Can the systems handle that? So we've had issues like that where there hasn't been the bandwidth within the organization to handle the number of people going remote. Those things have largely been resolved, but it has been quite a challenge, I believe, for the IT systems and the security people to be certain that things are set up and able to support the remote workforces at the level that they now are working. Interesting. So you don't see this fundamentally changing how the revenue cycle comes together, kinds of initiatives people are implementing? I think what we'll see in the relatively near future is that there are actually some startup organizations out there that are working on technology to 
help manage the productivity of a remote workforce that has reporting tools that can track the activity of people that it feels a little bit like Big Brother, but I, I think used in a positive way, the tools can really help managers of a remote workforce see and understand what their employees are doing what a particular group or individual's productivity is in relationship to others, and then learn some new management skills about how to move everyone up more towards the top performers. So there are some new tools that are coming. I think that will be a challenge for IT coming forward with some new implementations of tools that help to manage and track and support the work of the remote workforce. There are also some tools out there, and one of the terms that you may or may not have heard is gamification, but remote workforce kind of tools. And actually these tools can be used with a remote or an on-site workforce that set up like a daily challenge for how many accounts we followed up on or how much cash we collected or how many denials we were able to overturn and really kind of turn it into a fun sort of a game and a contest with little awards and manager recognition and things like that. So I think what we're going to see is probably an influx into the market. I'm aware of a handful right now of tools that will help managers manage a remote workforce in ways that we haven't been able to before. So I do think that that's going to be happening. Great. And so what are the sort of trends that you're seeing if providers are coming to you and saying, we want to wait on this particular IT project, but we're really interested in pushing this other type of project forward? Where are you seeing the focus and the interest shifting to? It really depends on the organization. Some organizations have a digital strategy in place. So they already have a strategy around how do they reach their their patients and their customers electronically? What kinds of tools do they have available? Online scheduling, e-visits, pay your bill online, video kinds of doctor visits, things like that are already in place in some organizations. In other organizations, one that we were working with Uh, before the pandemic and the project's been put on hold, but I expect that it'll come back online, hopefully in the next couple of months, is an organization that spent a lot of time building out its brick and mortar, building up its capabilities, setting up its ambulatory surgery centers, building their reputation. But now they want to look at their entire digital strategy. Do they have the right electronic health record? Do they have the right billing systems? How can their patients access them electronically? For all the things I just mentioned, everything from scheduling to paying your bill to having an e-visit with your doctor and not having to come in to the clinic. And so depending on where an organization is in that journey, I think that we're going to see a lot of organizations pushing towards a true digital environment that makes it easy for patients and providers to access each other in a remote kind of a way. So if you're looking at a great big health system organization, many of them have those things in place and are continuing to and have for many years been moving down that path. But smaller organizations haven't gotten there, and particularly rural organizations, because of the cost of setting that up on your own, aren't there. So I do believe we're going to see a move towards how do we bring organizations that don't already have a digital strategy in place and don't already interact with their patients or their providers in an electronic kind of environment, really trying to move that direction. Okay. 
And so going forward, do you see that the interest and the focus shifting or whatever an organization was interested in pre-COVID crisis, they're going to continue to work on and be interested in doing post-crisis as soon as their patient volume returns and their finances improve and they can afford to take on strategic initiatives? So what we're hearing from our clients is that they're reevaluating everything. And in a situation like that, you, you know, there will be projects and initiatives that will be deemed to be important and the organization needs to continue to carry those through. And there will be other things that, that will be stopped. And what we're hearing from the clients that we're working with is that's a process that's starting right now as electives are starting to come back in, as outpatients are starting to come back in, as volume starting to move up and into a semi more normal area. Uh, they're starting to think about the future and they're starting to think about what are we doing that we're going to continue to do? What weren't we doing that we need to do? And what are we going to stop? And the customers that we're working with, at least at this point, have not yet made those decisions, but I presume that there will be things that will be deemed to be substantially less important. And my guess is, based on what I hear and what I see is that 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 digital strategy around how do we interface with our customers, our patients and our providers in an electronic world may take on a new importance as well. How do we support a remote workforce in a way that drives productivity? We can have a positive management experience. We can develop some sort of camaraderie, even in an electronic environment. I think those things will take on more importance, but we'll have to to see because the volumes are just coming back. The organizations are bringing their employees back off of furlough and they're starting the process of reevaluating what's important to us. And so it, for us, at least at Anovo, I think it's a little bit too early to tell what's going to stop. I think I have a sense of what's going to have a new light shining upon it as far as importance as it relates to digital strategy, remote workforce, interfacing with clients and providers electronically. Interesting. So does that dramatically change how you guys staff up your company and where you put your sales focus and business development focus? It sure will. And so we had actually been working for the last year on developing a, a practice around the digital strategy and how to help organizations interface better with patients, providers, and employees in an electronic kind of environment. And we believe that that, along with our revenue cycle services and our services around cost reduction and process improvement, will probably have a greater focus than some other implementations that we have supported in the past. We're not sure, but I do know that the, what, what's selling right now is revenue cycle services. And I think that's because we have a recovery that we need to get ourselves through in order to be healthy, again, as organizations. Interesting. So if those services are the beneficiary digital integration of across the whole patient experience, what are the services that are going to fall by the wayside? Um, you know, I think we'll see maybe a slowdown in replacement of ERP systems, maybe not. Maybe a slowdown in changeover from one electronic medical record system to another electronic medical record system. I think we're going to have to see. We are pretty focused as an organization in, in the work that we do. And my sense is that we're going to be shifting more towards how to be a digitally outward facing organization and less towards internally what's going on. But I think it's just too early to tell. Have you heard other things? 
You know, it, it is hard to tell. And I think a focus is on critical critical services that engage the, the patient and facilitate the remote environment and a digital environment. I mean, that definitely is a strong consensus among the people that I've talked to. So I think what you're saying is spot on. And I was just curious to see what other projects were being put on hold. People are reprioritizing things. Well, a lot of projects have been put on hold and slowed down, but ERP projects, EHR optimization and implementation have slowed quite a bit. And I think we're going to have to get through this time of reevaluating what are our priorities as healthcare organizations and see what moves forward before we can judge. A large part of our business is tied to EHR implementation and optimization, but those skills, we work in the, the project management, project leadership area. We don't provide a lot of staff augmentation services, although we will if a client asks us. We certainly will do that, but our sweet spot is the project leadership. And so from a project management perspective and from a tools perspective, working with various electronic medical record systems, which will be key to going digital from a client-patient interface perspective, we have the knowledge and we have the skills and project management is project management. And so we're not feeling terribly exposed as a result of a shift away from EHR implementation or optimizations. If we're moving towards a focus on more patient provider facing digital tools, it's just a new twist on many of the things that we've already been doing. Terrific, Kim. Well, any other closing words of wisdom here for other healthcare professionals who are witnessing and seeing the same kinds of trends? Any thoughts of encouragement or words of wisdom? <laughs> Interesting question. I think we just all have to hang in there together. We try to support other organizations and promote other organizations that have complementary services to us. And we are the recipients of that same sort of, of camaraderie and behavior. And so from the standpoint of how can we partner together and how can we help each other, I think we need to keep our eyes and ears open to being able to get our own companies and our sometimes competitors and sometimes complementary organizations engaged and moving forward. And I would just encourage us all to try to, to help each other and be open to the new frontiers in the digital technology. Terrific. Thank you, Kim, so much for your time today and for sharing some of your thoughts and perspectives. People want to check you out. InnovaAdvisors.com, I-N-N-O-V-O Advisors.com. And thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay, bye-bye.